It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield here to talk to you about some crazy numbers. Hey, before I even get started, seven. Seven. That's the number of wins the Steelers have on the season. Zero. That's the number of losses. Boy, what a big win that was in Baltimore this past week. We'll talk a little bit about that one. We'll, um, we're going to look at a couple, uh, going to do a little bit of myth busters here today, Steeler style that we're going to, uh, have a couple things. Actually, it was the other co-editor from behind the steel curtain. Jeff Hartman threw at me and said, Hey, these are some things that Steeler fans, you know, kind of believe at times. Is this true? Look into it a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, I'll look into that. And it fits really well with what we, what the Steelers just had this past week and what they have coming on this week. Um, of course, I'm I'm always going to have your uh, your your matchups coming in about the Cowboys, and got another fan question to answer here. So that's kind of how the show is going to run down today here on Thursday morning. So first thing I have to say is for those of you that listen to our family of podcasts, yesterday on Wednesday's Let's Ride, Jeff Hartman threw out some numbers that I gave him, and. Uh, I want to challenge you all. Anytime I do numbers and you're like, hmm, I wonder about that. Check them. Check the numbers. If you don't think they're right, check the numbers. Let me know. You know, I'm not saying I, I'm, you know, 
he still says, I, I am the stat geek. This is the Steelers stat geek. And this was kind of geeky, but I wanted to put in a little something about the numbers that Jeff shared. I didn't exactly uh, indicate to Jeff ex- exactly what the numbers were I was giving him. They're going to give you the same thing, but if you were checking the exact decibel numbers, what for those of you that might not have caught uh, Wednesday's Let's Ride, I'll fill you in real quick, but if not, make sure you go back and check that. That was a great show by Jeff. But it was about Steelers scoring points off of turnovers. And Jeff spouted out the numbers. He said how um, it was, I, I gave him the average of how many points the Steelers turn, you know, the, the, the Steelers score off of a turnover all the way going back to 2014 is what I went back to for him. And how this year they are at 4.36 points off of each turnover. I got to throw in a little disclaimer because I didn't explain this to him very well. I was specifically looking at the offense taking turnovers to, you know, where the defense gets a takeaway and turning them into points. What those numbers did not account for is when the defense themselves scored the points off the turnovers. So I just wanted to put that little disclaimer out there in case anyone was wondering, hmm, that seems weird. Cause I think Jeff even got confused by it because I had 11 written down as the turnovers, but really he knows that they have 13 on the season because two times the Steelers have returned those, tr- those takeaways for a touchdown. Now, when you take into account the touchdowns also scored off of takeaways, the numbers are are, are comparing year to year. They're extremely similar. Um, of course, they're all bumped up a little bit because, boom, that's seven points off of it every time. Um, it, it's interesting because I think there was only, I think since 2014, there was only two times there wasn't an extra point made or or a converted two-point conversion, and two times that there was a, an, a point, an um two-point conversion that that was converted. So it kind of worked out pretty well that they all averaged out to seven. But um, in in essence, where the Steelers really stand out is in 2020, they're doing a great job of getting points when they get takeaways. And the last time they did that well was 2014. Last year, Jeff gave the number of 2.66 points per takeaway. That was per takeaway where the offense got the ball. If you want to, it's a little bit better. It goes up to exactly three whenever you take into account what the Steelers did because they had three defensive touchdowns last year. Just wanted to put that disclaimer out there, explain that a little bit in case anyone happened to go and say, "Hmm, I want to look this up and see exactly what this is. So that was my fault of not explaining that better to Jeff of what I did. I was specifically giving him what the offense has done with the ball once they get the ball on a takeaway. and and things of that sort. So I, I hope those numbers still make sense. Let's talk about this game against the Ravens. Oh my goodness. I was, it's funny. I, it's the emotional roller coaster of a Steelers fan. I think we all felt it. Um, that's kind of why I like to read the knee jerk reaction article at behind the steel curtain.com. It kind of takes you through the emotions of the game and you kind of relive those emotions by feeling, by seeing them through someone else's eyes. You know, it was ecstatic in the first minute, pick six, seven points on the board. Offense hasn't even stepped on the field. Then you get the, the, where they would have had a stop. You had the extremely questionable penalty, things of that nature. The rest of the first half was just blah, the Steelers' offense could not get rolling at all. They gave up that field goal at the end of the half, which I 
you know, I'm just just don't give up the points. And I thought the I thought for a second they had had another takeaway with Joe Hayden, and thought maybe they could turn that into three. But instead of gaining three, they lost three, and it was just kind of frustrating. They came out, completed a, a big pass to Juju to start the second half, and then three straight incompletions and a punt. And I'm just like, oh, here we go. And then Alex Highsmith turned everything around. He made a fantastic play for that interception. Set the Steelers up two plays later, touchdown. Defense gets fired up after that, comes out with a three and out. The offense gets the ball down the field, takes the lead. The Steelers, they, we, I did an article. I've, I've been doing these every Tuesday now. I'm not from the very beginning of the season because we didn't even think about it. It just kind of came about that Jeffrey Benedict and I do an article together where I look at stats and he looks at film and we bring them together. We call it Steelers Vertex. You know, it's two lines intersecting it to a point um, and we get to the point to it at the end. And this was about the Steelers throwing their way back into the game because they just went to throw in the ball. That first uh, long drive they had of the, sec- uh, of, of the second half, the one where they took the lead, it was almost all passes. They had they had three running plays. Then there was a sack, which you know you could say is a passing play, but all the rest were were passing plays, and they were all completions if they weren't penalties. Because remember, after the penalty, there a penalty doesn't count as a play depending on the penalty. So then on their on their game winning drive, it was all passes, and that's what they did. So Ben Roethlisberger comes out, and and after the Highsmith interception. After the Highsmith interception, he only had two incompletions. Two incompletions. He completed every pass. Well, he completed the one pass to Ebron after after a three-yard run by James Conner. He completed an 18-yard touchdown to Ebron. Then he completed every pass on the next drive for, for them to go ahead. Then on the next drive, they ran it for one. Oh, my goodness. If McFarland wouldn't have stumbled, he could have had 70 yards. Um, and then it was an incompletion and then, um, you know, the, the Ravens came after him. It was, uh, cause it was a third and nine and they completed the, he had to ditch it real quick to James Conner for no gain. Then in the next drive, completed everything. The final time the Steelers had the ball where they were, I love that they went for the pass on second down, try to get that first down, uh, just came up just short with Deontay Johnson. But that, those were the only two completions because on that, on their last, on the game winning drive, they took a deep shot to Chase Claypool, uh, didn't connect. That was Ben Roethlisberger's last incompletion of the game. His last incompletion of the game. So that's some crazy numbers of the, just making sure you're hitting your receivers, you're taking care of the ball. Ben Roethlisberger, zero interceptions. The Steelers just had the one turnover, which was which was Chase Claypool. And, and the Ravens made a nice play on that. Four takeaways, my goodness. Um, it was fantastic. And I kind of said something um, a, a, in an article that said, you know, the fourth one, well, it's a takeaway, but they were going to get the ball anyway. So how, how do I say it? They made, and someone brought this up in the comments, and they're exactly right. Basically, the Steelers made two game-changing plays on the same play. The problem is it only happened on one play. You know, could have been great to get those two game-changing plays at other times. I'm not complaining about it, but it's fantastic that on a fourth down, not only did they get the stop, they also got the, the turnover. So it was one of those situations where, 
they made two excellent plays on the same play. The most important number I'm going to say stats-wise coming out of this game now is I'm going to say two and a half because the Steelers, in essence, they have a two and a half game lead in the AFC North. They have their two games up on Baltimore with the tiebreaker. Now, Baltimore gets a chance to come back and even up that tiebreaker in Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving. So that so if the Steelers were to drop that game on Thanksgiving, that would give be giving back a game and a half where every other game would just be a game. Um, and it's funny because you almost got to consider AFC North games almost a half game if you if if you lose them, um, even if it was you know to Cleveland or Cincinnati, just because of looking at that division record. So they are in the driver's seat; they control their own destiny when it comes to the AFC North. And um, they needed to beat Baltimore one time this season for sure, and they've already done that. So. Thanksgiving will just be the bonus win, but we still got some time before that one. I mean, I don't want to put the cart before the horse because the Steelers have a matchup this week. And before we dive into that matchup, let's let's do our part one MythBuster. Part one MythBuster is this: it was brought up to me, and that is the Steelers do not perform well when it comes to stopping what you would be considered dual threat quarterbacks, quarterbacks that will take off and run that the Steelers struggle with those kind of running backs. Um, it's just, that's just something that a lot of Steeler fans feel. Now you might be sitting there listening to this. Like, what are you talking about? I think the Steelers do great against that. Great. Wonderful. You are thinking wisely. Now for those of you who are like, Oh man, the Steelers when, Oh, just, having to take on Lamar Jackson and he just takes off and runs and blah, 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 blah. No, I will be honest with you. Lamar Jackson has played the Steelers twice and going back. How far did I go back? I think I went back to 2015 perhaps. Um, yeah, that's what I did of, of this, of quarterbacks that have faced the Steelers. Lamar Jackson has rushed for, two of the top three games against the Steelers from the quarterback position. Uh, the only the only time a quarterback has rushed for more yards than either of the two games that Lamar Jackson played against the Steelers was Tyrod Taylor in week one of 2018 in that tie in, in the rain. So that's, that's one thing. But the Steelers, I mean, they have not given up 800 yards rushing to a, to a quarterback or anything like that. And frankly, it's rare that they even give up 50. Um, it, it really is that they've only actually given up more than 35. What is that? Uh, six times in since, since 2015. So in the last five plus seasons. So it's generally just about a one time per season. Um, just a little bit over that, that the Steelers will even give up more than 35 yards on the ground to a quarterback. So it's not that they really continually struggle with that. Here's what I did. I just did a little quick Google search of who was the NFL's best dual threat quarterbacks. And they kind of broke them up into two tiers. And I want to say, okay, how the Steelers perform against these quarterbacks. So here's the tier one running quarterbacks, um, according to 
um, the, 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 the little hamster that turns the wheel inside the internet. And that is, uh, you'll probably agree with most of these Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray. The tier two are, they have Aaron Rodgers, probably not as much anymore, but Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, and Daniel Jones. In all, in record against the Steelers, all time of these quarterbacks, those top tier quarterbacks have a record of four and five against the Steelers. So the Steelers have won five out of the nine games going against those top tier quarterbacks. Um, under the and then in the tier two quarterbacks, they're three and three because they're you know they're one and one against Rodgers. Um, they 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 lost to Prescott, beat Wentz. Um, because you know Prescott was four years ago. They lost to Mahomes uh, last season, but but beat Daniel Jones this season. And and he, and here's what's interesting: of those quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson has 135 rushing yards in two games. Because, like I said, he's got two of the three biggest rushing totals against the Steelers as a quarterback in the last five seasons. Um, he's got seventy and sixty-five. So. Other than that, the next most rushing yards by a quarterback was Russell Wilson had 36 yards in two games against the Steelers. Josh Allen had 28 rushing yards as a quarterback in the one game against the Steelers. And and the only other one that was over 20 yards was Aaron Rodgers has 20 yards in two games. Oh, wait, I missed one. Daniel Jones did get 22 yards against the Steelers in week one. So, but did the Steelers really have a problem with Daniel Jones? No. So it's not like the Steelers are all they completely shut down running quarterbacks. That's not the point either. But to say that they really struggle with running quarterbacks, um, the numbers just don't really uh, match up. Um, So in the last five seasons, when a team going up against the Steelers Okay. Um, their, their, <coughs> excuse me, their record is five, seven, and one. So, um, that was, um, for, for a quarterback that, that rushes for more than 20 yards in a game. If a quarterback rushes for more than 20 yards in a game against the Steelers over the last five years, those teams are only five, seven, and one, which means the Steelers are seven, five. And one. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and take our break now. And then I've got to dive into, um, we've already busted one myth, got a good question because it really hits on the second part of the show, look, turning and looking at the Dallas Cowboys, got another myth to bust there. And then we're going to go ahead and look at the, look at the matchup between the two teams, kind of how I've been breaking it down ever since the Steelers buy, seeing how they kind of compare rank wise, just to get a better feel for what to expect. So... Stick around past this commercial break, and we'll be back with more Steel Stack. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to the Steeler Stat Geek. We are rolling along with some numbers. We've already dispelled the myth about the Steelers struggling with running quarterbacks. And now we're going to take a look at a question from a user. And this actually has to do with the Steelers facing the Dallas Cowboys. Because if you're if you haven't heard, if you if if you just woke up, if you're just joining us, joining the world again. Um, if let's say you 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 were trying to to sleep through the pandemic and you just came to Dak Prescott out for the season, horrible injury. I still shudder what to think about uh, when I watched that. Andy Dalton was in the concussion protocol, missed last game. Was wondering if he was going to play this week with the protocol. He's on the COVID nineteen list. He's out. So then it was going to be Ben DiNucci, um, former Pitt Panther. Started last week, was not good. He's not getting the start. The start for the Dallas Cowboys, according to them, is that they are going to see if it's going to be Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush getting their first start uh, ever, from what I understand, um, for the in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys against the Steelers. So you kind of almost wonder, do you not want to crush the hopes of a Ben DiNucci going against that Steelers defense? Is that what they're doing? I don't know. But the question that I have comes to me from David from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Sorry, I don't have a last name for David. I wish I could give him credit. Um, but he knows who he is. So here is his question for me. And this was a really good one. This is a really good one. And it was, when a quarterback is making their first career NFL start against the Pittsburgh Steelers, how do they do? I thought that was a great question. Couldn't believe I didn't think of it myself. He did a wonderful job there. So guess what I did? I looked it up. Let's let's look at post-merger. Since 1970, quarterbacks making their first start against the Pittsburgh Steelers have a record of seven and 11. Now, out of that, the Steelers have won their won their matchup the last 7 times they have faced a quarterback making their first start. Their last 7, they've, they've won 7 straight. Dating all the way back to that's actually 1992. And what's interesting is the last 4 teams that the Steelers have played where they made where a team made it had their quarterback making their first NFL start against the Steelers or the Cleveland Browns, the last four. And of course they lost all those games. Uh, the most recent recent was Deshaun Kaiser in 2017 um, in week one. Uh, it goes back to you know, Thaddeus Lewis, Colt McCoy, Derek Anderson goes back to there. Um, Kyler, uh, Kyle Bowler for the Ravens in 2003 lost to the Steelers in week one in his first start. Um, and then it was, was uh, uh, Billy Joe Ho uh, Hobart from Oakland. 
Also made his first start against the Steelers. That was in 95. And in 92, David Klinger for the Bengals started his first game against the Steelers. But here's a good bit of trivia. The last quarterback to make their NFL starting debut against the Pittsburgh Steelers and win the game just so happens to be in the Hall of Fame. Because there were two quarterbacks in 1992 that made their first ever career start against the Steelers. The, I already said David Klinger, that one was in week 13. But in week four, a young Brett Favre of the Green Bay Packers defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers 17-3 to in his first NFL start. I found that very interesting. I did not not realize that uh, Brett Favre, uh, his first start was against the Steelers. But, you know... Brett Favre is Brett Favre. So I'm, I'm sorry. It just cracks me up every time with, uh, I can't hear Brett Favre without thinking about Frank Caliendo impersonating John Madden talking about Brett Favre. It's classic. I love it. You might hate it. I love it. Um, that's what I'll always think of my Brett Favre's back and your defense is in trouble. Yeah. That uh, of course my impersonation is nowhere close, but you know, Caliendo does a very good job with those. So that's that's very interesting. One other thing to go along with that is that the last quarterback to not throw an interception against the Steelers in their in their debut, or if they're making their NFL debut and it's against the Steelers, that was David Klinger in 1992. Both Klinger and Favre, neither one of them threw an interception um, in, in those games. But ever since then, there's been at least one interception. Uh, Billy Joe Hobart threw four. Um, Colt McCoy had a couple, everyone else had, had one. So that's a very interesting fact to know. So thank you, David, for submitting that question. Now, real quick, before I dive into these matchup numbers, let's bust another myth. Myth number two, the Steelers are notorious for losing to inferior, highly inferior competition. I know that's how a lot of Steeler fans feel. I know that's how a lot of writers at Behind the Steel Curtain even feel. I I, I said it on the Scobro show. Uh, Michael Beck uh, said, oh, no, the Steelers are in trouble. They're favored by so much against the Cowboys. And we're like, uh, doesn't 7-0 mean anything to you? And he said, until the Steelers beat an inferior, a highly inferior opponent on the road, no, I'm not going to trust it. Which, you know, some people then would like to say that uh, – that was week one, but his argument was both teams didn't have any record at the time. So, okay, I can see it. But uh, right now the Steelers, oh, the line changed just a little bit. It was 13 and a half points. Now it is 14 points. The Steelers are favored by two touchdowns going against the Cowboys this Sunday. So I did a little research. I didn't even do 14 points. I did 10. I said, how do you def- define if, if you if you a team is highly inferior or you should win the game handily? And I go by the point spread. And there are some people like, well, a point spread's a point spread. You know what? I said it before. These are professionals. They make money off of setting these lines, so they need to set them right. So when they set, set them, they know what they're talking about. In games that the Steelers were favored by 10 points or more, Under Mike Tomlin, so since 2007, the Steelers are 22-5 and in those games. So they win a lot of them. Now, remember, you're like, oh, but they lost five. That's true. But you want to know why that sticks out more than anything? 
three of those five losses were in 2009. Uh, yes, I said that right. Three of those five were in one season. And that was a season where, you know, the Steelers are coming off the Super Bowl. Um, so they were highly favored in some of these games and they didn't even reach the playoffs. So that's kind of what was going on there. Um, but the thing that I think that gets Steelers fans more than anything with these games is that while the Steelers are 22 and five, they're only 10 and 18 against the spread. So that means when they're favored by a lot, they don't usually cover that. And that's because it comes right back to the 2020 Steelers. The Steelers this year have only, the only game they have not covered was against the Denver Broncos, where they were favored by seven, I think it was, either seven or seven and a half, right around there. And they won by five. But they took a knee inside the 10-yard line where they could have kicked the field goal or scored the touchdown. But they're not playing to cover. They're playing to win. So I don't like the Steelers when they're to, to, to pick them when they are picked to cover by multiple scores. Um, I Or to win by multiple scores. I don't like to pick them to cover because when you get to the end of the game, you're not worried about covering. So I like picking them in closer games myself. But um, over the last four seasons, the Steelers are 7-1 and one in games that they are favored by 10 points or more. 7-1. and one. And if you know what that one loss was, that was in Oakland in 2016. So they're 7-1, but they're only 2-6 and six against the spread. So remember, the Steelers win these games an awful lot. You know what? Everyone loses some of those games. Uh, the only teams that hadn't lost some of those games since 2007 were teams that had only been favored by that much once or twice. I don't know if there was any team that was that, that was more than that that didn't lose at least one game. You know, that's just kind of how it goes in the NFL because these are professionals and both teams are paid to go out there and try and win. So that's another myth that's been debunked that the Steelers are notorious for losing to inferior opponents whether it be on the road or not. Um, and that is, they. it's not that it doesn't happen, but it's not that it happens often. So let's dive in real quick. I'm going to just give the quick rundown for you all before we call it a show um, of the matchup with the Cowboys. Some people say this is an infamous trap game. I like to say um, when I was sharing this information with my brother on our show is that as long as the Steelers stay focused on this team is still very much alive in the playoff hunt and has, has a chance to win their division, you know, that's what they need to focus on. I mean, think about it. The, the, the what is it? Two and six Dallas Cowboys are less games back out of their division than the five and three Cleveland Browns. I'll say it one more time. The two and six Dallas Cowboys are less games because they're only, well, I think a game and a half out. Well, it might be a little bit. I, don't, I can't remember if, if, um, if Philly, how many, if Philly's played eight games or seven, that's where it gets a little bit, a little, a little bit shady, but they're, they're only that much out. They are, they're, closer to winning to coming back in their division than what the five and three Cleveland Browns are in the AFC North. So remember that. So they're still got a lot to fight for, but let's, let's start with the, let, let's start with the defense. The Steelers defense took a little bit of hit with some of their rankings um, after taking on the Baltimore Ravens kind of to be expected. 
playing a very good quality team, gave up a ton of rushing yards. But so the Steelers aren't number two against the rush anymore, but they're still holding teams to under 100 yards per game. Um, Jeff Hartman brought that up in Let's Ride. It's 96.9 yards per game. That has the Steelers fifth in the NFL. And they're giving up 4.01 yards per carry, which is eighth in the NFL. This is where the Cowboys stink up the joint. They can't stop the run. They are giving up 170.9 yards per game, which is 32nd. That's right. Dead last in the NFL. So that's what they're doing. And then, and their yards per attempt that they give up, they give up over five yards. That's 5.12. That's 30th in the NFL. So teams are running against them. And when those numbers are off a little bit, it just goes to show you that, well, maybe they're not giving up as much big yards or constantly giving up yards as much as their teams are rushing a lot against them um, compared to some of the other teams at the bottom. Now, when you look at the pass defense, these two teams are about as even as they could be. The Pittsburgh Steelers are, are uh, give, or they give up 213.9 yards per game, which is seventh in the NFL. And the Dallas Cowboys give up 214 yards per game. Yeah, 213.9 to 214, which has them seventh and eighth. So Dallas is not that bad against the pass. They just struggle with stopping the run. So luckily for the Steelers, they seem to be able to do a variety of different things. This could be a big game for the Steelers uh, trying to run the ball. If you want to look at overall defense, the Steelers are fifth giving up. And this is in yards, not in points, uh, because this is what the NFL does for their scoring. They're, they're fifth in the league in yards given up uh, of 310.7 per game, where the Cowboys are 24th at 384.9. So that's the defense. Let's check out the offense, and then we'll look at key plays. The offense, Dallas Cowboys, they're the number one passing offense in the NFL. Now, part of that is because they got to chuck the rock because they don't really have much choice, if you know what I mean, that it's just how it goes for them, that, that this is what they have to do because of being behind in games. Now, if you really want to look at how that shaped up over the last couple games um, since Dak Prescott went down, their their passing yards, uh, how about 132 against the Eagles, 59 against the football team, 247 against the Cardinals, and 276 against the Giants. That was the game where where Prescott went down. So they have not gone over – that was 276, and he played for, you know, a portion of that game. So that's part of it. The three games before that were all 400-yard passing days. So, and then, it, then they started off the season with a 200-yard, 244. So they are still the number one passing offense, but they are going to continue to, I, I assume, most likely continue to fall out of that spot. Um, the Steelers, the 24th ranked passing offense at 221 yards per game. And like I say, I adjust these based on the number of games played. So um, the Steelers, you're like, oh, I thought Ben was throwing really. Yeah, but they're not having to throw the ball for massive amounts of yards because they're not having to constantly come from behind or be in shootouts because of their, their good defense. I'm telling you, the Steelers offense helps set up their defense and the Steelers defense helps set up their offense. 
Um, last week, I think against the Ravens, the defense set up the offense. Uh, the week before, uh, the offense set up the defense, in my opinion, you know, by controlling the ball so much. Um, it, it really is a team game. So, but when you're talking about rushing offense, the Steelers are middle of the pack in the NFL, 16th with 118 yards per game. Um, the Cowboys are 21st at, uh, at 105.75 yards per game. So uh, even with Ezekiel Elliott, they are they are down a little bit more. Uh, but when you talk about yards per attempt, they're fairly close to two teams. Steelers are 22nd at 4.13. That drops down because the Steelers do run it more because of Holt trying to protect leads. Where the Cowboys are at uh, 3.95 yards, they're 24th in the league. So that's kind of how they match up. It's going to be interesting to see. Dallas is still ranked that number one passing offense. I I just don't, especially when they're going to be on their, my goodness, fourth or fifth quarterback. Um, Steeler fans kind of have, kind of know how that works. Um, if we just turn back the clock a year, so let's look at some of these other key aspects. How about the things I've been looking at recently are sacks by the defense, sacks given up by the offense, takeaways by the defense, and turnovers by the offense. The Steelers' defense are first in sacks with 30. No one else has 30, even the teams that have played eight games. They are first all by themselves. When it comes to takeaways, the Steelers have 13 takeaways, and they're tied for second in the NFL. Versus the Cowboys, they have 17 sacks on the season, and they're 19th in the NFL. And for their takeaways, they only have seven on the season. That's 25th in the NFL. And what's crazy about that seven? What's really, really crazy about that seven? Four of them. Four of them were last week in a game that they still lost 23 to nine. So before last week, they only had three takeaways on the season. So that, so that helped them a little bit. Now, when you talk about on the opposite side, the Steelers have surrendered 10 sacks on the season. That has them 10th in the NFL. The Cowboys have surrendered 24, which has them 26th in the NFL. So the Steelers get after the quarterback, and the Cowboys, their quarterback is susceptible, and they're going to have a new quarterback back there. So that could be a recipe for disaster. Um, the Cowboys don't get a lot of sacks, and the Steelers don't give up a lot of sacks. So that's that's another way to look at it. The Cowboys, they also, like I said, they don't take away the ball very well. And when it comes to turnovers, turning the ball over, they have 18 turnovers and are dead last in the NFL. 18 turnovers, dead last in the NFL, where the Steelers are tied for for uh, for 11th with eight turnovers. So they take care of the ball fairly well. You know, you you had the the um, the rough game with Ben Roethlisberger with the with the multiple interceptions, but um, that's what you're going to against Tennessee. Um, but that's what you're going to get sometimes. Um, and hopefully that Ben's done a better job taking care of the ball. So that's the numbers behind the matchup. Of course, the numbers don't matter because they still got to play the game on the field. One number that I, I think is not very representative is that number one passing offense. They do have the weapons at the wide receiver position. They really do. I look for them to try to do what the Steelers do and get those guys involved some in the run game just because they need to. But um, Steelers are favored by 14. Yes, that could – yes, those are the kind of games sometimes the Steelers don't win. But you know what? There's, it's not worse than any other 
than anything. I think the Steelers lose more games from the th- where they're favored by three to seven points than they do when it's ten or above. Um, if I if I do recall that correctly, um, a higher percentage. So it's not so when they're highly favored like this, they might not cover. But hopefully they should be able to go down there. Don't take this team lightly. Go down there, get the job done, play hard, and take care of business. So with that, we're going to call it a stat geek. Hopefully I didn't overwhelm you with too many numbers. I can't wait to come back and talk again next week, hopefully talking about yet another Steelers victory as they would set the franchise record for most wins to start a season. They are up to do that this week against the Cowboys. If they can get that victory, then that's what they'll be able to do. So hopefully we'll be back next Thursday to be able to discuss it. And as always, thanks for keeping up. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.